Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Living Room Logic. All right, welcome back to another episode of Living Room Logic, where we break down some science topics. And this week we want to talk about something a little bit uh, interesting, a little bit uh, unnerving, something which is a little bit confusing and certainly mm. a little bit fishy. Mm. And we want to <laughs> talk about certain ways that people get around the law every now and then. But to get into this and to try to give you an idea about how this works and what the hell I'm even talking about. Aiden's going to break down a story about um, our favourite upstream swimming friends, <laughs> the salmon. <laughs> I'm going to bestow upon you a, a nugget of knowledge from the salmon themselves. I am actually a researcher working on salmon right now in Ireland and mm. As we've talked about in the past, I'm interested in climate change and the way that it affects species, in uh, particular marine species. Mm -hmm. And right now I'm working on a species called Atlantic salmon. And a lot of you probably like eating mm -hmm. Atlantic salmon because you can also put them in these little pens and make loads of them. And they're called farm salmon and they're really tasty. Uh, salmon are, are delicious. Um... <laughs> But there's actually a, a sad story about salmon um, that's gone on for decades. And it all started maybe 200 years ago when people were seeing them in rivers and they were covering, they were, the rivers were black with fish. There are just so many that, you know, you had fish to beat the band and everyone was happy out. As technology got better and time went on, there were less and less fish because we got so good at getting rid of them. And the thing about salmon mm. is they have a life stage. They start their life in rivers and then they spend, it depends on where you are in the world, but they'll spend a couple of years in rivers and lakes and then they'll head out to sea and they'll live at sea for a couple of years and then they'll come back, make this mad journey home, uh, a crazy migration of hundreds of kilometers right back to their source river and they'll mate, spawn and mostly die and then the next generation goes on. That's just how their species evolved, okay? Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. At the start, people in freshwater, in rivers and lakes, really exploited, they fished the crap out of rivers and really kind of decimated populations in, in local freshwater systems. And but countries caught on really fast. They said, okay, we can't do that anymore. Um, this yeah. is how they start their life. We can't exploit them when, when they're at their most vulnerable or when they're coming back. We need to try and regulate rivers and, and lakes. And, and we actually, the whole world is doing really well at that, at regulating Atlantic salmon in rivers and lakes. Because it's quite easy to do it. It's quite easy to enforce it. 
you need to be vetted you need a license which is pretty much in most places pretty expensive these days to go and and fish salmon out of rivers and so that's great in the turn of the millennium salmon abundance just crashed and it crashed in north america it crashed in western europe and it crashed in northern europe and that's where most of your salmon are and we were kind of thinking okay why because not only have we actually put quotas and stop people fishing loads of salmon out of the rivers and the lakes but they're actually big fisheries lots of boats fleets in the water fishing salmon in the 70s 80s 90s even earlier than that that we actually said look we can't anymore because we're going to decimate the salmon um in the ocean as well and so despite all of that conservation all of that mitigation salmon are still declining in abundance today and we're really really Mm. confused as to why because it's not because of exploitation anymore it's not because of fishermen that we told to stop fishing because they don't anymore they are not fishing salmon anymore because we're, we're we don't allow them to so researchers went to look elsewhere we looked at things like climate change salmon really like cool water and the north atlantic is getting warmer and we know this based on all the stuff we talked about in our bonus episode of season two about climate change and that's done Mm -hmm. to death now the north atlantic is getting (laughs) hot and so is everywhere else and salmon really don't do well in warmer waters it's just the way that they're genetics and their their populations work yeah okay um but the thing is temperature alone and the other effects of temperature change can't explain the full story for some reason there's still always extra things there's extra variability in the data that we can never ever seem to explain there's always a gap mm-hmm. and so there's loads of other things that people have also said hey these are really bad for salmon hydroelectric dams with turbines so those were bad and then we changed them (laughs) we we made these things called fish passes where the salmon can go through water control Mm. like in in galway city there's a weir for water control and there's actually a little slipway for fish now that wasn't always there there's things Mm. like pollution there used to be a huge issue in America of a thing called DDT and it was an insecticide and it was super cancerous and it was very bad for all sorts of fish, not just salmon and all sorts of marine yeah. life, everything, people as well. That's gone now. So we've done all these things Good. and we have basically every single opportunity, every problem we've, we see, we actually have done really well to stop them. Um. You know, we should be proud of what people have done in the past and right now to stop to help these kind of populations come back. But But there is a big elephant in the room. (laughs) And I actually, from the project I'm working on right now, there's actually, there's a big gap in what I can explain in young salmon from the west of Ireland. And there's several other studies around the world that are figuring this out. And a paper just came out a couple of months ago. One of the people on the paper is actually someone that I've worked with before. And he's 
been working with salmon for like 50 years he's he's such a wonderful researcher um guy called tom mcdermott and he's he's just so passionate like i've never met such a passionate person who just cares so much about this actually um yeah that's and so it's really really inspiring but it's also like wow that guy really likes fish (laughs) (laughs) um but the paper they came out with was actually saying hey so i don't know if you've noticed but what if those people who we told not to go out to sea and fish the salmon what if some of them still are and they kind of thought about this a bit more and they looked at abundances of salmon all over the rivers all over north america europe west europe north europe spain portugal everywhere and they notice all of them in the late 90s and early 2000s it all happens where they all drop off and it's not explained by any of these things that we've talked about already and they said you know what the most likely thing is actually the most simple thing most of the time tends to be so they actually yeah are one of the first people to really go out there and say we actually think that a thing called illegal unreported or um, unregulated fishing IUU fishing it's basically illegal fishing um, is the reason and when when I even say it it sounds conspiracy like yeah but it's not because there's an incredible amount of information that they put forward um, the fact that this yeah. all happens all at the same time in everywhere in the North Atlantic, all of the places that salmon come from, it happens. And then they actually went and proposed the places where they think that the fishing is happening. And this is something I didn't really ever think about, but there's a barrier a 500 kilometers away from land called an economic zone an EEZ um, and Mm. past this zone no country has jurisdiction past that zone is called the high seas and it sounds like Pirates of the Caribbean but it is happening right now anyone in the high seas can do whatever the hell they want there is really no enforcement of a lot of things in the high seas because you're Mm -hmm. more than 500 kilometers away from land. Yeah. It's very hard to find a needle in a haystack. Yeah, for sure. Especially that far out. But there's actually these two places that they think that salmon go that are outside of these economic zones that are out in the high seas. And there's one kind of north of the Faroe Islands. It's kind of north of England, north of Iceland. And it's this, it kind of looks like a banana. So they've called it the banana box. (laughs) They think that a lot of this illegal fishing is going on there. And they actually thought about it and they were like, the amount of boats that need to be illegally fishing don't actually need to be a crazy amount. There can actually be between 30 and 50 large boats in the water doing this illegal stuff. And that's enough based on how low the populations wow. are right now. Because in um, North American rivers, salmon returns. So the amount of salmon that come back to the rivers after going out to sea 
has dropped by 90%. And that's, it's insane. They're just basically, the stocks there have collapsed. Over in Ireland and in West Europe and, and South Europe, it's a 70% drop. Uh, so huge again. That's crazy. And then Norway, they, they actually think that Norway's kind of getting away with it. The Northern Europe, they actually think the fish go even further north than where these illegal fishing sites are. And so they actually think that the fish in Northern Europe are actually getting away from those sites. So that's why there's only a 50% drop in fish abundance there. So the the Southern European stocks are getting hammered and the Southern um, North American stocks, those ones that are is. not only are they at like the the warmest place that salmon can tolerate yeah which is like you know their least favorite place to be they would much rather be further north but those populations are also being the ones that are targeted by these illegal fisheries and so there was a a term that i came across that i sent andrew out to look up and it's a term called flags of convenience because i had never heard this term before but after you hear about this you might think well wow maybe it might be a lot easier than you think to actually make to do yeah. illegal activity on the high seas so andrew what what have you found about flags of convenience what are they uh, other than convenient flags <laughs> they are <laughs> other other than that what a flag of convenience is is a business practice Right. Essentially, mm -hmm. it's a business practice where a ship owner mm -hmm. would have a business. You own a big ship. It could be a big transporter. It could be a fishing ship. It could be anything like that. Yeah. And you're running your business off that ship. You're moving stuff from A to B or you're going out fishing and selling from the docks. Yeah. To run your business best, you want nice, cheap taxes. You don't want to be overregulated. You don't want anything like that. Now, you're kind of screwed if you are an Irish person in a town in Louth and you want to open up a shop. You can't really avoid the laws. Or if you're born in China, yeah. you also can't help but have half of your CV submitted from people under 12. Okay, there's a lot <laughs> of dodgy stuff going on. But if you're a ship, you have a choice. If you're a ship, you have a choice where you can register your ship at any dock in any country in the world and you will fly the flag of that country and your ship will be regulated by the laws of that country. And this way, mm -hmm. you can avoid taxes, you can avoid laws, okay? And proof is in the pudding because 77% of all ships on the high sea are registered to five countries. Registered to five countries. That's insane. Uh, okay. No, which countries are they, do you think? Which, which countries? So China does a lot of moving stuff out, so you'd assume China. Maybe it's America, the home of the Industrial Revolution. It could be India. There's so many people there. Surely a European country, the British, maybe the Spanish or the Portuguese. Sure, they're the original <laughs> kings of the high seas. Yeah. Right? That's what you think. No, this is proof of pudding. The bloody countries 
with the all of the ships are a part of is Panama, Liberia, the bloody Marshall Islands, <laughs> Hong Kong, and Singapore. Seventy-seven <laughs> percent of ships, Panama. Do you remember the Panama Papers? The Panama Papers were when all of these world leaders had secret bank accounts in Panama. Now, why did they have secret bank accounts in, Pan- in Panama? Because there was no taxes and there was no mm. regulations and there was no one who was going to check to see if they were being bold. Yeah. So why do you book your ships in Panama? For the same reasons. And there's a long history of this, in, uh, which really blew my mind, okay. right? So it's a little bit political, but it's also very interesting, right? Where if you think about the transatlantic slave trade, okay, Mm -hmm. this was all done by Navy ships from the British, the Spanish and the Portuguese. Essentially, they were the kings of the Navy at the time that that was happening. They'd go to Africa, they'd ship over to Brazil or to the Caribbean or to the States. That's that's awful. Not getting into that. I'm talking about flags here. You know, come on, you know, (laughs) flags. Portugal is famously the first country to abolish slavery and make it illegal in Portugal. It did this during the transatlantic slave uh, movement. And what it did was it registered all of its ships in Brazil. And Brazil did not change its laws. The Brits did the same. Oh, my God. So to say that this is a new and sneaky way to pretend that you're good is crap. Mm. Because as bad as it is that there are people out there fishing the salmon that you're saying that could be doing it, there is a very good chance that these are people from regulated countries. It could be literally anyone. Mm -hmm. So flags of convenience, um, they are awfully convenient for the owners of ships and they're extremely inconvenient for literally everybody else. That was very good and very interesting. You absolutely nailed that because my whole point is that, look, we're talking about salmon here, but we actually accidentally opened a door into the black market. And Mm -hmm. the idea is that we are talking about salmon because that's what we know about, at least one of us. Um, we know nothing about those other things. Um, but let this give you an idea of what might be going on um, in, in, in the high seas. Yeah. It, I, I couldn't, I remember reading about this a few weeks ago and I was just freaking out because I, I thought that the time of pirates and no man's land and you know all of these things were over they were done they're in movies in the bloody 17th century yeah no no it came into the 21st century and so the thing is as well back to overfishing salmon you can fish salmon in the banana box and there are boats that are so big they're called factory ships that you can offload your entire catch onto that factory boat and you get paid at, in the high seas. And guess where the factory boat goes? Off to Asia. Off to India. Off to somewhere that isn't 
Europe. So they think it's not the European countries that are doing it. Because if they bring those salmon into, into a dock in Ireland, it will get spotted. And yeah. they will get in big doo-doo. Um, mm -hmm. But the crazy thing is that all of this activity can go completely unseen mm -hmm. at sea. There's a pretty cool story about um, the USSR back during, uh, after World War II and before its fall, after the Cold War, they used to do a practice called whaling. And it was quite common around the world um, that you would kill whales because they were really important. Um, the fat could be used for pharmaceuticals and medicines and all sorts of uh, beauty products. And it was actually really useful for humans at the time but it soon became totally a novelty because the fact that we could chemically make these things we didn't have to murder entire populations of beautifully charismatic marine mammals <laughs> so yeah. the the ussr signed a global treaty on the ban of whaling and then in secret yeah. They did it for another 15 years and th no one ever found out uh, because of the Jesus fact that Christ. the high seas are in the middle of nowhere. And so if an entire very powerful country at the time, and Russia is still a very powerful country, yeah. but if the USSR could have an entire whaling industry that was completely unnoticed for 10, 20 years... I think it's very likely that we're still missing a lot of things that are happening in the high seas that we just don't know about. And I think what's the most interesting thing about that paper that I was reading about salmon is I was kind of thinking to myself, why don't they have any data on these illegal activities? Why don't they have yeah. anything? Because it's impossible. How could yeah, you do it? How, how could you do it? I think uh, they... They used, in off Iceland, they used um, planes and they would do aerial surveys of boats. And if the boat didn't have, because you can track boats online, and yeah. if a boat is regulated and is doing something that isn't dodge, it probably has its sensors on and it's, yeah. it's, it's satellite sensors that are telling the world where it is. If it isn't, chances are it's probably doing something illegal. So that was just an eye-opening story for me and it started with salmon and it ended with the whole world being very very naughty in every which way <laughs> very in bold. in in very the bold. deepest of the black market and it's just crazy you could yeah, make a whole netflix documentary really about is. this i'm surprised that there's probably one in the works surely what aren't they covering? No, there's there's definitely a lot on illegal uh, activities at sea, but specifically for fishing, yeah. I think people don't really... It's either fishing or human trafficking. Which one do you do a documentary on? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, one is a lot more important to humans, and understandably so. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I, I think that... Yeah, I think there's definitely a place to have discussions about it. I feel like there should be laws and extreme consequences for breaking maritime law because I think I think there is a series of laws that generally govern maritime but it's very very 
unregulated because there aren't little police speedboats in the centre of the Atlantic that chase massive containing ships to do it. And the reason you don't do it is because that would be absolutely impossible to do. Which country's going to mm-hmm. pay for that? None. Yeah. No country's going to pay for that. And the reality is it's highly likely that most countries are profiting from it. So that is my story about where all the salmon have gone. They've gone into uh, illegal boat hulls. Um, so the next time you eat a salmon, just respect it. It's had a really tough going. And let's hope that this all this stuff gets caught out at some point and we might let yeah. the salmon be happy and wholesome again. Right before we fish them and eat them and... This is the end of the podcast We hope you enjoyed your time If you're feeling generous And you're not completely skinned Why don't you give us some of your money Join our Patreon Join our Patreon Join our Patreon Join our Patreon Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.